Hi, I'm Amber. Welcome to Lone Star Keto Podcast. And today we have something really different I have not done before. It is going to be a Southern Carnivore Q&A and with the lovely Kelly Hogan and the other lovely Ashley Stevenson and Brett Loyal. <laughs> Had to do that. There you go. So welcome, y'all. Welcome. Hi, Amber. Hello. Hey. So... Of course. I, I love the, these people here. They're, they're my people. I love them. Okay. So Kelly, we're going to start with you. We're going to, we're going to go ahead and hit this run in. Just give us a quick rundown. Tell us where you live, why you started carnivore, what's your Instagram name, um, what improved on carnivore. Just run it down quick so people can kind of know where you're coming from. All right. I'm Kelly Hogan. Um, I'm in North Carolina and I'm 42 now. I started carnivore back in 2009 but I was almost carnivore for the five years before that. And I say almost carnivore because it was very meat-based, but with a little bit of um, artificial sweeteners and a little bit of plants. And it was just enough to be horrible. Like, <laughs> I was very, very addicted and just struggling for five years. But for the past 11 years, all has been well. And I first started the meat-based diet because I was having um, so much inflammation that it was presenting itself as boils and obesity. I was 262 pounds when I first started. And now I feel really good. And I also did not have a female cycle for a couple of years. And now I have three babies. So I, yes. yeah, yeah, very thankful for meat and for carnivore. And how long have you been carnivore? Total carnivore, 11 years. Whoa. I think you yeah. win maybe. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> well, I don't. I learned it from, I learned from the best. And that was people like Charles Washington and Dana Spencer. So, and they, you know, read by, things by the bear Osley Stanley they they were reading as well so maybe in this group I do but I definitely learned from other people awesome okay Brett your turn okay right. remember brief brief yes master yes master I behave uh my name is Brett Lloyd I'm 59 I turned 60 on Saturday I live in Jacksonville Florida I've been a carnivore for 962 days now, and I started eating this way because I suffered from chronic mental illness from the age of 15 forward. Um, and uh, in 2015, I weighed 289 pounds, was on multiple meds, and didn't know I'd live out the year. I was not in a good way, but I learned about low carb in over three years. I walked off 94 pounds, and then I heard about this crazy meat-eating diet that might actually eliminate all my symptoms. And I uh, heard it from people I trusted, great integrity, Jordan Peterson, Dr. Sean Baker, and Amber O'Hearn. And July 16, 2018, I started eating meat and drinking water and I lost all my depression symptoms after 24 days. Anxiety was gone after five months and the insomnia that had harassed me all my life is over. It ended after 10 months. Every aspect of my life has been dramatically improved, and I'm glad to be here hanging out with all of you. I like that. I all no right. Follow that. Oh, <laughs> come on now, Ashley. Come on. Your turn. Beating. Um, I'm Ashley Stevenson. I am in North Carolina. I um, lost 60 pounds on my transition from a keto diet in 2013 that I sustained for seven years. And through two children 
and then transitioned to Carnivore January 12th of 2020 after having a wild podcast with our friend Kelly Hogan here, who kind of tempted <laughs> me into Carnivore. Um, I had been ketovore for probably eight months of my last year of keto because vegetables still caused inflammation. So what were the things, um, you know, why did I try carnivore? I still had a lot of gut issues. I still had a lot of food sensitivities. Um, I still had a lot of acid reflux and irritability in that department going carnivore. I'm at 417 days. So not even half of Brent so far. And, um, my anxiety levels are down. My food sensitivity is down. Um, I don't have you know, irritable gut issues anymore. Life is calm and life is happy. I don't get hangry. I'm a peaceful person. Love it. <laughs> that That's very important. Okay. Probably I'm not going to even mess with my story, but I will say that I'm from Texas. Oh, well, my name is Amber. Duh. Uh, I'm from Texas. I'm 54. I'll be 55 in July. I will be two years carnivore the 17th of March. So it's coming up. And that's all I'm going to say about me. The rest you can, you know, read in the bio stuff. So it's all good. Okay, let's get down to the questions. I'm excited about this. Okay, so Kelly, what is the number one question people ask you about the carnivore diet? When they come to you and they want to know mm -hmm. something, what do you hear the most? Well, if they're already carnivore, they want to know how they can lose more weight. And if they're not carnivore, they want to know how's my cholesterol. <laughs> that's pretty much what I hear all the time how can I lose more weight or how's your cholesterol they just assume that it's you know terrible a and b that I care and they would be a little bit off on both of those things but that's what I hear the most okay Brett I hear the most did you really lose your depression and how long did it take those seem to be the two most asked questions with the third being, don't you get tired of eating the same thing all the time? Yeah. And uh, the last one always baffles me and it either annoys me or cracks me up because it's such a, to me is a ridiculous question, but the other two questions are very valid and serious questions. And since I lost mental health nightmares, um, and have told my story a lot. That's what people come to me for primarily is the mental illness side. Ashley. Mine would be, um, you know, does the rest of your family do it or how do you cook or live in a household where everyone else eats other foods? Um, you know, is that tempting for you? And then the other is um, how do you poop? <laughs> yeah. Stories. I mean, I guess because I have a toddler, I don't, I mean, I just get poop questions all the time and I'm used to it. Normal. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mine is the, how, how long does it take to lose weight mm -hmm. or how long does, do your symptoms go away for with whatever issue yeah. I hear that all the time? And it's like, ah, I can't answer that. Oh, and loose skin. I get asked that mm. one all the time. Did you have loose skin? Did you have loose skin? Like, are people actually contemplating changing their entire life and health and losing weight because they might have loose skin? <laughs> like you're going to live longer and you're going to be smaller and all that, but you might have some loose skin. So they're out. I don't know, but I get that a lot. Yeah, people freak out about that. That is kind of funny, but I, I've, I've got a lot of that too when, when you're focused on the weight part of it. Like you yeah. lost 120 whatever pounds it was and don't you have like loose skin? And I'm like, 
yeah yeah i do yeah. <laughs> i just took it in you know whatever <laughs> it's gonna so, be loose for a while and depending is. on age obviously yes. diet but if you're carnivore that definitely i found very much helps because you're not deflating like a balloon you get to keep your muscle tone and so it is less but as you lose a lot of weight there will be some loose skin and age and genetics will determine how long it will take but i've seen mm. some you know amazing transformations that did not involve surgery and i get asked all the time have you had surgery i couldn't afford it i mean i probably would have if i just had it but i so i just had to wait it out <laughs> Oh, that's an interesting question. We'll just ask that. Okay, you just answered it. But Brett, if you could have surgery, if it was paid for, and it wasn't going to cause you any issues, would you do it to get rid of or, or change something on you? Loose skin, whatever it is. I, I, I do have some loose skin, uh, a little bit in my thighs and, and, and in my abdomen area. But uh because of resistance training that I've been doing religiously since uh, February of 2019 when I started, I've lost most of it. Mm -hmm. And I'm better. Good. I wouldn't, I would never have paid for the surgery or if it was free, I would know. <laughs> They're not going to cut on me for that. You're going to cut on me. It's because I'm near death or something. You're not going to cut on me for, for appearances sake and put me on. No, that's not happening. Good for you. Okay. Ashley. Um, so I don't, it's weird. I, I often think about it. And the only thing that I could think about would be to maybe, um, go in and repair my diastasis recti, mm. um, because I still, I'm still working on healing that internally. And that takes a lot of time from where that, that muscle wall gets completely detached and torn. So that's the only thing that I'm working on. Um, and you can have that reattached, um, surgically, and obviously it speeds up the process, but I'm trying to do it naturally and healing with meat and just doing the exercises for it. So I don't, I don't think I want to, I think I want to try and just invest the time. Um, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, I care about it. I also have this, this extreme fear of if I go in for, you know, vanity purposes. And for some reason I don't wake up, it was my choice to leave for vanity and leave my children. I'm just like, right. Oh Yeah. That, that's a very good, valid point. I, and for me to answer that, I've had a, a like a, a problem, a body dysmorphia, if you want, with uh, the boobs. And it, I'm kind of thinking that I probably will have that taken care of. I Even with the weight loss and everything, they're still just way too huge for my frame, I feel. I, I, I hate them. And so, you know, I, I've kind of accepted everything else about my body and I was hoping I could kind of do that, but it's just not working for me. I, I've hated them since I was 10 years old when I started developing. Yeah. So that is something I am seriously considering just because it has been something so, you know, thorn stuck in my side. And even after all that weight loss, it didn't change that much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Other people talk, talk about, you know, deflated boobs. Yeah. Not me. No mm -hmm. deflated, I would but we can like do a little transfer. Oh, I would love to. Happy to. Absolutely. I will donate to you. I will. You can have most of it. I just need a little bump. Just a little bump. That's all I want. You know? Well, I got that. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll be, I'll be happy with that. Okay. This is where well, I start playing a song or something. I can participate. <laughs> <in this> <laughs> <part>. <laughs> okay. So 
What is the most irritating thing you hear about carnivore, specifically from those who have never even given it a chance? Kelly. Um, well, Brett mentioned, I think the one that I was going to say, which is don't you get bored of just eating meat? I find that very annoying because if you've never tried, how do you know you're going to be bored? And if you're actually hungry, how is food boring? And I think the other thing is um, the connection with cancer, even though it's been proven over and over, I just keep, you hear it from supposedly reputable sources until you actually read the studies. Um, I just talked to Dr. Georgia Eid about it a week ago, and it was, it's very irritating to me when people repeat what they have heard as if it is gospel truth. And you know, they haven't read one single study about it, like legitimately read that there's any connection whatsoever, because there isn't. So yeah, that's annoying. <laughs> I agree. Brett? I think the most annoying one for me is, is the you know, do you like going to the emergency room to have your arteries cleaned out? Do you like going for heart attacks? The ridiculousness of these things is just, it, it's not even remotely rational. I'm like, why are you wasting your time and mine? You think that's persuasive? <laughs> uh, but but the, the, the one that truly still baffles me is that don't you get tired of eating the same thing every day? which I do eat the same thing every day because that's what I genuinely crave. Yes, you do. <laughs> every bite of every meal is always insanely delicious. Mm -hmm. Now, how, how do you get bored eating what is insanely delicious every bite, every meal, every day? How do you get tired of that? It's just frustrating to me. Ashley. Uh, mine would be, um, it's a combination of cholesterol um, and the person who always says it is either morbidly obese or has some <laughs> other like underlying health issues, like absolutely 100% type two diabetic or yeah. other issues. Um, and then the other would be, um, how do you feel ethically eating that many animals? Right. God gave us many animals to eat. Yes. Did. <laughs> and yes. I'm thankful my, for them. My, my answer to that is I feel full. Yes. <laughs> satisfied. I, feel yes. sad. I was going to say satisfied. Yeah. Mine is the one where you can't get rid of carbs. Carbs are essential. You need carbs <laughs> and the body prefers glucose as fuel. Those make me nuts. Those yes. People. Yeah. Those people. <laughs> it's yeah. bizarre. And of course yeah. we're ruining the environment as well. You know oh, that, oh, right? Well, of course. Uh, well, yes, yes. We are horribly unethical people. Yeah. We care nothing about the earth. Flying, not, not an airplane, flying an airplane full of avocados from clear across the Atlantic Ocean 10 times a year. That's, that's saving everybody, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed that. to think for yourself. What are you doing? You're not supposed to think for yourself. You're not supposed to have ideas. <laughs> Shame. Shame. Thinking? How cooked you? <laughs> Shame. True, true, Shame. true story. True story. Kim Berry told me once, he said, the reason carnivores are dangerous because we can think for ourselves. We can strategize. We can plan for the future. Yes. And we're hard to control because of that. Oh, there you go. I think that's the problem right there. <laughs> Probably so. Okay. So... 
what is your favorite carnivore meal, Kelly? Well, as far as just taste goes, nothing to me beats uh, rare to medium rare ribeye with a really nice crust and a lot of fat on it. But that's not what I tend to eat every day. I'm much more like Brett. I actually find great comfort in repetition and and not getting super excited about my meals. I get really excited about a ribeye and I love it. But other than just the expense, I kind of like not being super excited. So I eat a lot of burger patties. My kids ask me all the time, if you could eat only one food, they love this question. If you could eat only one thing for the rest of your life, which is kind of funny to ask me because I'm like, I already do this. It's me. <laughs> right? <laughs> and they're like, which me? And it's a tough one because I almost always say ribeye. And they're like, no. And I'll say, okay, fine. It's burger patties. <laughs> <laughs> Brett, answer the question I asked and then give what, if you could only eat one thing. Of course, we already know what you, what you're, we can, we can all answer that for everybody. But for those who don't know you. I, I have only been eating lean ground beef and bacon since December of 2018 because it satisfies me down to the core of my soul. But if I could afford it, I would eat filet mignon with my bacon. That satisfies me just a little bit more. I, I don't know why. It doesn't make me feel better, but it is a little more satisfying. I just can't afford that. <laughs> if I could, my plate pictures would look a bit different. <laughs> Kelly. And, I'm, I'm sorry, Ashley. No, that, that, that's it. I, I answered that because... Because the flaming yum and bacon combo is going to be my favorite all time, always. Yep. Um, mine is going to be a cast iron um, pan seared rare ribeye with mm. a runny yolky egg on top. Uh, hmm. Very nice. <laughs> all right. It's perfect for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't care what what day it is nice. when you pick it up. Would you choose that as the one thing that only thing you could eat the rest of your life kind of thing? It's very satisfying, but it's also extremely filling. And I don't know that I can get a lot of work done after it. So burger patties actually give enough fuel, but don't slow me down. I think about it in terms of like how, how often a lion eats and the more the fat, like whenever they actually go in and they are cleaning off something, they sit and sleep a lot afterwards. Like there's not a lot of activity that happens. So I think about it in those regards of if I'm going to be doing things every day, I could still probably do burger patties. I mean, I had burger patties for dinner. Just yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a burger patty person too. I have it every day for lunch. And so does my little grandbaby that I keep during the, the oh. week. So she really likes her burgers. She's Gigi make burgers. So we have to go make burgers. Today was at 1045 and I'm like, really? And she's like, make burgers, Gigi. So Gigi made burgers. So there uh -huh. you go. But my favorite would be filet and lobster. Those are my favorite mm. things oh, together. Yum, 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 mm, yum, yum. But it, it, for the rest of my life kind of thing, I'm kind of with you actually with the burger patties, actually all of y'all, to be honest, because I do have that every day for, mm. for lunch, dinner, I mix it around, but, it's, but it's, it's always burgers. Yeah. 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 And, and it's satisfying. I mean, is it like earth shattering to me? No, but, uh, it, it, it's satisfying. It's I I'm with Kelly with the, the, the comfort of having the same thing over and over again. So I think I, I'm, I agree with you there. Okay. 
<laughs> okay, here's a fun one. What is the grossest animal-based food you tried? So I, I just absolutely detest the taste of beef liver. I have eaten it. I've done it. I've had it raw. I've had it cooked. I've made liver pate. I don't care. Oh, I've had um, the chips, the little crisps. I don't care. I don't like it. I don't like it. No. Brett. I, I haven't tried all the different forms of liver that Kelly has, but I'm right there with her overall. I can't stand liver. I, my, my, Danielle, my wife, fixed some chicken liver. She wrapped it up in bacon and fried it in lard a couple of times just for me to try it. And uh, no, there was no, there's not enough bacon in the world to wrap around a small ball of liver to, to disguise and hide the nastiness that is the taste of liver. Ugh. Yes. Ashley. Okay. So I've not been as adventurous as even Kelly with like sardines and things. I have a can of sardines in my cabinet that I still have not worked up the courage to eat. Maybe if I'm going to do a fundraiser and have someone like raise money towards like a study, like, Hey, I will eat this sardine live for you. If you reach this amount, maybe I'll do that. Okay. Maybe we should all do that collectively. Other okay, things we'll so I can say is like, maybe not what I've tried, but things that freak me out. Okay. So sardines chicken feet yeah mm. i don't want to paint their toenails <laughs> i don't want to eat it i know that's like wow weird but um, also so i've never tried beef liver i have a bag mm. of the dehydrated beef liver and i'm going to try it i'm sorry I don't know when. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> emotional support afterwards, Kelly. And we can talk about how to fix it afterwards. Oh, um, man. To speak to the whole, so chicken, I made the chicken liver pate with the bacon. And yeah. I, I agree, there's not enough bacon that can no. just make it taste good. Also, it's the texture. It's like a. Is yeah. that iron? That irony taste? Yes. Oh, Metallic. Now, there are things that I had heard was that if you soak the beef liver in milk, it takes the flavor. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to have to do that. You have to do that with vegetables. I don't want to have to change the meat yeah. to eat it. I tried that and it, it was still, I couldn't. I did too. I did too. I tried liver every which way. And I'm going to agree with y'all. Liver to me was disgusting, but I, I will also agree with you, Ashley, on the, the fishy. I don't like fishy. Uh, sardines and like uh, salmon roe and all that stuff. That's vile. That crap is vile. I tried the salmon roe and I tried it with my girls and my oldest said it tastes like the ocean because she said it tastes like when we went to the beach and I drank seawater on accident. I totally. <laughs> She's right. She's like, right. It tastes like seawater. It's the texture. I think that bothers yeah. me. Like I had to swallow it whole. Yeah. Like so that was the way I could do it. And that wasn't enjoyable. So it's like, it's like taking it as medicine and not as enjoyment. And I think exactly. that's part of what people don't understand about carnivore is like, I'm not doing this for entertainment. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not doing this to go to a party and just go eat and like snack. Like your life is not supposed to be entertainment of eating. It's supposed to be entertainment of life yeah. outside of the food. But they Amen. Amen. There you go. Thank you for yourself out loud again. Come on. Yeah, you stop that. Stop it. Just stop it. I'm in marketing. It's like Inception. They plant little ideas in your brain and they want you to just run with it. That's what they do.
Okay, so is there any food that you refuse to eat? And I'm going to go first on this one. I am not going to eat testicles. Not going to happen. And brains, I'm a little scared of that just because I've heard some really nasty diseases and stuff. I'm not sure about brains. I may do that one, but testicles. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, yeah, no, not unless it's like you where you we do it live and, you know, there's some kind of good fear reason factor. behind it. Joe Rogan yeah. is telling us to eat it for fear factor. Maybe yeah. <laughs> something like that. Maybe, maybe I think I might actually eat a bug first. Okay. I'm just okay. saying. Yes. I would eat a cricket before I would eat some <laughs> sort of um, um, sex organ from an animal. <laughs> I'm kind of thinking I might even be able to do a small roach before I would that, but yeah. <laughs> Not roach. Not roach. Too big. <laughs> Pretty gross. Too big. Okay, Kelly. Me, you're all making me sick. <laughs> <laughs> not roaches. What about you, Kelly? Anything that you just will not even try? You're just not even going to go there. No, I would actually try anything. I would, Ooh. if somebody else is cooking it, I'm not, I'm not going to go through a lot of hassle myself. It's just not me. I'm not even into really cooking my favorite foods if it takes longer than a quick sear on a grill. But if someone else is fixing it, I would try it. I won't mm. force it on a large amount. That's all it's about the liver. I, I did force down liver for one full month. I ate organs every single day. And I ended up feeling very bad at the end of that month because I think the entire month my body was trying to tell me something. But you also can't really know if you're craving something until you try it. I have heard Saladino make that point. He's like, but if you've never tried liver, you don't know if it's going to be totally repulsive. Fair enough. But it was. I also, <laughs> yeah. like ice baths every single day. And I know I don't want to do that. I no. know that cold no, therapy stuff. Either. But I would definitely try something if somebody fixed it. Even Impressive. if I I am making it. I will make it for you. If you, you eat it, I, I will make it for you. Okay. okay. All right. It's on. I'm not it going is so it. on. <laughs> I'd try it. There's not <laughs> enough followers in life worth me trying to eat genitalia or I'm not interested in sweetbreads either. I have no interest in, you know, yeah, yeah, spleen yeah. and all. No, no, no. Don't need that. Yeah. Lean ground beef is readily available. We're not going to run out of it in our lifetime. Why do I need to deviate from what tastes good and is delicious just to experiment? Now no. that makes me wonder though, is that, is that merely like a European carnivore thing where they eat more experimental organs and like sweetbreads and certain things? I'm just wondering. They I mean, grow up, know. they grow Some up eating liver. Like a heck no. Yeah. They grow, they grow up eating liver generally all across Europe. Liver's a, a normal part of the European diet, unlike over here in the States where it's not, but their liver is also their cows are different. Everything over there is raised differently, processed differently, et cetera. So that might be why it might not be as nasty over there. But I know Amber O'Hearn caught a bug from eating some raw liver while Ew. she was in Europe a few Ew. years ago. Not raw liver. Yeah. yeah Actually, that was the least vile of the liver. What about you, Kelly? And, and I say that the texture was the worst. But as far as taste goes, raw liver, uh, that was the best out of it every way and every kind I had. Yes. I think it for me was mostly because it was frozen and raw and I didn't even taste it. Mm. You just swallow it. <laughs> so yeah, it was the most palatable because <laughs> I didn't taste it really. 
I, I like, chawed down on raw liver. Like it wasn't even frozen. I did it. I, I, it's on camera. I did it on video. I, I have tried it and I did not find that to be, no, that was not okay with me. <laughs> the texture <laughs> is like, what is that? You can't no. even slice that. It's like, it. Mm -mm. yeah, no. Mm -mm. I'm a okay. witness to the fact that Amber turns green on camera when there's liver in her mouth. Uh, it's a pretty sight. True story. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Okay, what are some of your your must-have carnivore staples? And I don't necessarily mean meat, but like other, like spices or a specific drink or, or whatever, the, the kind of outside the box, not your typical oh, uh, hamburger meat or whatever. Um, I've started using Redmond salt this past year, and I do prefer it to regular table salt. I like having... Um, something other than plastic now to take my burger patties in that's a new trick i learned this year so i got myself some um silicone bags and glass bowls uh I, I drink i drink quite a bit of seltzer water i enjoy seltzer myself so for me mm. that's a staple i don't think it's a carnivore staple by any stretch and i love eggs so i, yeah. I keep eggs eggs on hand too cool brett uh, for me, the staples are homemade beef tallow, which Danielle does a magnificent job of making. Um, the Redmond salt is a must. Uh, without Redmond salt, I wake up at 1.30 in, in the morning with my big toe trying to kiss my shin. Oh. But as long as I'm using Redmond salt, <gasps> yeah. I never have that problem. Hmm. Uh, those are the biggies for me. Yeah, I, I, You see what I eat. There's not a lot of there's not a lot added and there doesn't need to be no Ashley uh, I am going to I guess is it a third instead of when, normally when you second you third the Redmond's real salt um, I love all of their seasoning I've converted the entire house there's no other seasonings in there unless you know I say they're okay first I even I even take my little snobby salt with me to restaurants uh, because I just prefer it. Uh, staples for me, I eat a, or, I, mean, I drink a pretty good amount of, um, I guess, carbonated waters, but I don't try and overdo it because I do feel like the gassiness and the heaviness of that mm. sometimes. I think I'm just still sensitive in my gut from that. I think, you know, obviously if I was 11 years in like Kelly, I wouldn't be as sensitive. I think I'm still trying to heal my gut from that perspective. Um, I drink coffee every day, which I know there are some carnivores that are like, uh -huh. no, don't drink it. Um, so, I mean, every day I have coffee, every day I have salt, every day I have meat. Um, and if I can't eat organ meats, I'm trying to add in, um, like the dried capsules where I'm just trying to get mm -hmm. that in on its own, just to see if it helps and support any additional, um, vitamins, but not forcing anything crazy. I feel like the supplement is much easier than trying to force feed a liver. Agree. hundred percent agree. I'm a lecture anytime I'm trying to do liver. Yeah, I agree. There's just something. Yeah. Yeah. It's so gelatinous. There's just, I don't even know. It's, it, it's not right. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> okay. My staples, what I like, I like the fizzy water, like what y'all are saying. Um, in Texas <clears throat> at our HEB, they have a water that's 1877. And I have no clue if it has the, what is it, the PUFAs or whatever that Tapachico supposedly has. It's been tested. So I've been trying to kind PSA. of- PSA. Oh, is, is that what it is? I, 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 there's something in there. I don't know. 
And so I kind of started going away from that a little bit and trying to use more of the HEB water. But when they're out of that, I will do Tapa Chico. And I do like some of the other carbonated type waters, but my spices, I have to have my spices. I'm one of these, I can't have meat by itself. It grosses me out, especially cooking it, the smell. There's something about it. And I've been like this since I was a little kid. There's something about the smell of meat without any spice on it. It kind of makes me gag. I don't know why. And I like meat. It's not that. And um, so I, I do have, I, I use the Redmond's um, seasoned salt. And of course I use Redmond's salt. And then there's one by, I think you call it Caribic. Um, and it's a lemon garlic and there's no sugar. There's no weird stuff in it, but you know, obviously it has lemon peel and some things that are not technically carnivore, but I love it. It is so good on those burger patties. And my grandbaby loves that. She calls it her dip, her dip. So she has to have a little bit to take her burger and dip it in that seasoning. So that makes her really happy. Okay. Just a quick note. It's uh, 8.37 Eastern Standard Time. Gotcha. Thank you, Brad. You're welcome. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Do, did you ever deal with family or friends giving you a hard time about carnivore? Kelly, did you ever have anybody just giving you issues? For sure, like everybody. <laughs> I mean, I love there was no one that was like, oh, awesome, you're going to eat only meat. Good for you. Nobody. Nobody. Wow. There were people who weren't hard to deal with. I mean, James was very much, you know, you, you do you. It was fine. He didn't give me a hard time, but there was no one that was like pumped about this. Not for a long time. Uh, now they are. Now they're all very happy for me, but no, not for a long time. Mm-mm. Wow. Brett. My family still thinks I'm crazy. They don't believe it's real. They think I'm just, I, I, I've hit a, a period, a lucky period of remission and that the bottom's going to fall out at any minute. Uh, but they, I, they haven't experienced me in person enough to know that this is permanent and that it's for real. And then it's all about the way of eating that made it possible that I'm no longer the psycho they remember. Uh, but most of them haven't been around me enough as the same person to believe a word of it. They, they, they can't argue with what they see. The physical transformation is undeniable, but there, there's still even people I've grown up with known all my life. They're like, Brett, that's just too extreme. I'm like, well, you didn't have anything to say when I weighed almost 300 pounds and was crazier than a bed bug with a $7 bill. You know, that wasn't too extreme, but eating meat only is. It's, it's, it's been very funny, but no one has tried to uh, dissuade me from doing what I'm doing. And I think they realized that if they tried, it would just be a waste of time. I think they're scared of you is what it is. They might be because I'm not the psycho I used to be. I'm a confident, confident, semi-competent human being. Semi? (laughs) Okay, Ashley. Um, I would say no, that I didn't really have anyone that um, was combative or tried to stop me in any way. I would have people that were asking why I would change from keto to then carnivore, because it seemed like I was just removing all the fun things. I'm like, yes, I don't want lettuce. I don't want an avocado. (laughs) Like there's a lot of produce that gets 
you know, completely thrown in the trash at the end of every single month from a keto perspective, because you just can't eat all the roughage. You just can't eat all the fiber. It just was ridiculous. So I would say that that's more of what I had was that they just didn't understand why I would, that they thought that I was done and happy at keto. And the best way I could describe it was that I was, I felt better on keto, but I'm thriving in carnivore. And I think that that's the difference. Uh, you don't know until you start removing certain things that they were a problem. And so I think regardless of what anyone decides to do as far as their overall health, I think that you should at least attempt an elimination of certain foods and journal how they make you feel. And I'm not talking about three days. I'm talking about <laughs> either 30, 60, 90 day period of just journaling it and writing it down. Your body will tell you what's happening. You just have to stop, you know, having blinders onto it. Hmm. Totally I've been carnivore for 12 hours and I haven't lost any weight, Amber. What am I doing wrong? I know. I'm eating a half a cow. <laughs> yeah. So true. Okay. For me, I got more flack when I went keto. I, I don't know why, because you're not really eliminating anything other than like grains and, you know, that and sugar and stuff, which everybody should know you should get rid of that if you're trying to improve your health. Duh. But I, everybody kind of looked at me like I was so extreme anyway, and I kind of have that personality. So when I, I went carnivore, it was really kind of uneventful, honestly, mm -hmm. other than, you know, like my hus husband's kind of like, oh, you know, I, I, that's kind of boring. Uh, I'll, I'll eat, you know, what you cook at night, but at lunchtime, I'm eating keto kind of thing. But other than that, I didn't get a whole lot of flack about that. It, it's, it was really keto that, you know, oh my God, you know, and you're not even eliminating the oh so special carbs the magical carbs when you're on keto you know you're lowering it very low but you still at least have some carbs but yeah it's very bizarre i, I don't get it yeah I, I do think that it was a lot um the pushback now that i see versus the pushback in 2009 i do feel like it is different i had never even heard the word keto in 2009 Right. Things have definitely come yes. a long way. So I couldn't even say, oh, it's kind of like keto when I first started. It was kind of like nothing. It was like <laughs> the total opposite of everything that people were thinking was healthy. So I, it, now I don't feel any pushback at all, but I definitely did back then. Yeah, and I like to think that it's partly because people in my life have seen changes, but I also know that it's just because people are learning, you know, they, they've read some stuff too. They've at least heard of high fat, low carb somewhere before. Yeah. Well, and see that even drives me nuts when it's that whole high fat, low carb, because I mean, it depends on the type of fat. I don't know. It yeah. was funny the way that, the way that Kelly and I kind of actually met and talked to each other was that people would see us in our own hometown and they're like, Oh, you kind of, do you and Kelly have the same night? I'm like, no, she's just neat like just animals. And I was doing all, you know, some other things. I'm like, they're different and they're okay to be different. And I'd like to learn about hers. But at the time, it's like people kind of gravitate and describe it based off of what they have, what they can conceive and understand and perceive themselves. If they have no comprehension of a starting place, then they won't get it. No. Yeah. Okay. Here's the one. And I have a feeling I'm going to be alone in this one, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Do y'all have alcohol? I already know Brett's, but go ahead, Kelly. Do you have any um, kind of alcohol yeah. ever? Yeah, very. I don't love to talk about it because I am 
a Southern Baptist and we like to keep such things private. <laughs> no, but <laughs> and James is a we won't tell. That's right. James would talk about it. Um, very occasionally when we used to have such things as date nights and we would go out, then um, James very much enjoys the taste of a bourbon and he is not much of a drinker at all, but he just is a little bit of a connoisseur. And so I would have some of his with him. And um, I have not found a very small amount to cause a problem to me, but I also don't, I've never struggled with alcohol in any way. So I think for some people, it would probably be imperative to them to be teetotalers with alcohol as mm -hmm. much as it is imperative for me to be a teetotaler with sugar. Mm -hmm. But that was never really my struggle. So, you know, I can, I can taste it. I have much less fear for myself personally with tasting a sip of bourbon than I would a sip of Coca-Cola for sure. <laughs> yeah. Agree. Brett? I, well, I don't drink at all because once I learned that when we consume alcohol, our body stops burning fat for energy. And I do believe that being in a certain level of ketosis is critical to my maintaining my sanity. So I never want my body to stop burning fat for energy. It's yeah. not for any other reason than that. I and we don't want you to either. So yeah, that's true. I hope not. <laughs> Ashley. Um, I do drink, um, but I also go, uh, you know, several months in a row without it. I think I just have to be in the mood for it or it's just a stressful week and it's used as a moment to unwind. Um, it's not a daily thing, a weekly thing for me. Um, I do like low sulfur, very low sugar specific wine brands. Um, and if we... I do not drink. I hate beer. It tastes like wet bread. It's very heavy. makes me very sick. I do not like it at all. And I actually have alcohol intolerance. Um, I got it after having my first child, which means I get, um, it's actually called Asian flush where in which you will get, um, you'll get very red cheeks. You'll get a red chest. You'll get red elbows and you basically break out in hives and you get very, very hot. And so it happened after my first child, I was freaking out and I talked to my OB. She said it happens sometimes and you have to build up your tolerance level again. Well, my first child is eight and I still haven't built it back up. So wow. I'm thinking I'm just stuck with it. So I stick to very specific alcohols when I do it. It's going to be a, a vodka or and it's going to be vodka and electrolytes. It's not going to be something that is a sugary cocktail. I, I don't do that. I, I, I'm totally with you there. I, I will do when we go out dancing. I'm, I'm a social drinker. I do not drink at home. It's just something it just doesn't appeal to me. But when we go out, you know, dancing, you just kind of relax and kind of, you know, get the vibe going and all. And so I'll have some like tequila or vodka. So that's my thing. But I admit it. I do it. I do it. Yeah. I don't I don't advise it, though. <laughs> Oh, okay. So have y'all had your cholesterol tested since going carnivore? And if so, what were the results, Kelly? Um, yes, I go every year for blood work. Uh, my triglycerides stay in the 40s. My HDL mm. stays 65. And 
my LDL has now gone over 100. What? <gasps> Stop. <laughs> so, oh my I'm, God. I'm probably not long for this world is what I'm saying. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, Dead man yeah. walking. Yes. And my total cholesterol is now not to 200, but getting closer to 200. So I'm probably on watch lists at this point. But I'm feeling pretty okay about it. But because my doctor was concerned about the LDL being over 100, I went and had a CAC, coronary artery mm. calcium, score done, and it was a perfect zero. And then she hushed. That was that. Ooh. That is right. Zip, <laughs> no more. Bread. Circle back, girl. We're done. Oh, God. oh you so went back. Circle back. Circle back. <laughs> uh, on day 498, I had blood drawn because the doctor was curious enough to actually pay for the tests himself. And because uh, I don't care what my lab values are, how I feel is how I judge my health. But yeah, November of 2019, my triglycerides were 63. In 2016, they'd been over 300. Wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, my triglyceride to cholesterol ratio was 2.5, which is like right in the middle of perfect land. Uh, um, my total cholesterol was like 224, something like that. Something deadly dangerous. And uh, I feel incredible and I could care less what it is, to be honest. Nice. <laughs> okay, Ashley. I'm all about receipts. I literally went to my post and pulled it from where I did mine six months in and I need to do them now that I've been in a year, but my total cholesterol was 131. So in July, July 31st, it was 131 normal range, LDL 79 normal. My HDL was 33, which is considered low, but I'm blaming that on the fact that when I <clears> took <throat> this test, I had actually had um, alcohol the weekend before. And I think that oh. that might've had something to do with my levels. So I'm testing it again without any alcohol for a full like 60 days to see if that has anything to do with that. Um, my triglycerides were 95. I was all normal except for my HDL was low, but mm -hmm. Dr. Sean Baker has low HDL. And he was, he had a comment about it once that said that his was, he thought his was hereditary, but mm. um, I've heard that. Hmm. Okay, so I, I did have mine done and actually twice in a very short period of time just because of how it was just a weird thing that happened uh, with part of the test. So they had me redo it and the results were basically the same. They were like one point off. Anyway, my total was like one point over. Okay, whoopee. But my um, trigs were 74 and my HDL, oh my God, y'all, 99. Wow. And nice. so that ratio was under a one. Beautiful. Under a one. Yeah. No statins for you, dear. Oh, no, they move on. <laughs> but I would like to do the, the CAC or whatever you want to call yep. it. Uh, eventually, j just, you know, for peace of mind or whatever. I'm not worried, but, you know, it's something that I, I would like to do. And I think it's good for everybody to do that, just to kind of give them a peace of mind, you know, especially. And, and then to have more ammunition when people come at you saying that you're about to fall over. And die, oh, I've, you know? I've pulled that score out of my pocket many times. <laughs> <to say. clears throat> One thing that's hard with this community as a whole is that the average carnivore is a lot more educated on our actual health walking every single day than the person who has the question or the judgment. So when we talk about the ammunition, I mean, the knowledge is the ammunition, but also what you do with the knowledge is, you know, more important. Very true. Very true. 
Okay, let me just double check here on time. Eight okay. minutes oh, oh. till. Ooh, okay, 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 okay. Closing um, arguments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a, a curious one. This should be a fast one. Um, and this will be our last one. Have any of y'all ever encountered what is dubbed meat sweats? No. Okay. No, absolutely not. I'm confused. I mean, we live in the South. We sweat anyway. <laughs> good point. Good point. I mean, it's hot. Very good point. Um, no, not really. I, I haven't really either, but it is a real thing. And people do have this happen. And it seems to be more common in men. And I actually knew somebody who, whenever they would eat um, a, a, a meal that had heavy meat in it, like a steak or whatever, oh, they would literally sweat. Yeah. Okay, I had this happen one time, and it was because I had two ribeyes to eat, and I did start like I was perspiring, but like that was oh, my wow. full. Like, why am I trying to force myself? This will wait until tomorrow. It happened one time. I needed the <laughs> definition of what we were talking about. Mm, okay. <laughs> Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Last thing and then we'll wrap it up. Okay. Give us the best piece of advice you have, just a, a short little piece of advice uh, for somebody who's wanting to try carnivore. Just something real simple. My gosh, just try it. I just see so many people prepping and researching and, you know, my gosh, just try it. You won't know until you just do it stop the carbs for a while and it's going to be so it might it will probably be so bad for a couple of weeks so try it more than two weeks that is not a fair test but give it a go get yourself some meat that you like just eat it it's not that complicated to start I get so many questions about how do I get started just eat eat some meat and then don't eat anything else and you've started that's it so I think really keep it as simple as people want to keep it. If you want to read, you know, a stack of books about it, go ahead, but you don't have to, to get started. You literally just need to go buy some meat and eat it and cut out the rest and then evaluate how you feel. And that might be the only thing you need to do. Some people find they have to, you know, eliminate and tweak and change ratios. You may have to do that, but I think for the first few months, just eat meat. And if you're like, probably like most of us here, that might be the only major change you have to make. Just go with that. And, uh, you know, Brett's still waiting to tweak something, right? It's true. My best piece of advice is, is you've got to be patient. So yeah. many people come into this way of eating thinking I'm going to get better instantly. I saw I saw Brett's video. I saw Kelly's video. They all got better quickly. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, well, we, everybody heals at their own pace. It's not a one size fits all paradigm. And I was lucky that I got well as fast as I did because it doesn't happen that way for most people. And, you know, you can't damage your body for 40, 50, 60 years and expect it to heal in a week. You need right. to be patient and trust the process. Eat meat like it's your job, drink water when you're thirsty, and let your body do its thing. Yes. I would say eat based off of your own budget, not based off of the plates on Instagram. Mm. Very good. Very good. Don't Amen. do it. There's 
no shame in you eating what you can afford. I yeah. like that. Paying your bills. They're not buying your meat. Don't worry about yeah. it. Very good. That's good. And you hear that a lot in our community. Uh, you know, oh, if it's not grass fed, if it's not blah, 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 then it's, it's, it's like, you might as well not do it. Mm-hmm. I think you I should, like even if you buy, um, you know, non-grass fed beef, it's still better than any of the pre-packaged boxed things that could be in your pantry. And so that whole entire thought process of, well, I've got all this food in my pantry and I want to make sure it doesn't go bad. You know, I've already spent all this money. Don't eat it. If you really feel compelled, you can donate it to a food pantry so that it doesn't go to waste, but I would prefer you throw it in the trash (laughs) and think about it, not as a loss, but as an investment in your health. Yeah. Amen. That's a good. Amen. One. I yeah. like it. You didn't lose $200 at the grocery store. You invested $200 at the grocery store. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Ooh, I think I'm going to make a meme. You watch. <laughs> I'll give you credit. Don't worry, girl. I got you. <laughs> well, thank y'all so much for joining me and having this little chat. It's been really fun. And hey, y'all, subscribe to my channel and I'm going to have all of their information below so you can follow them too. And I'm sure you're already following, but if you're not, why? Why aren't you following them? Right? Why? Okay, Brett, take us away. Are you going to play a little mean and or something? Oh, gosh. Uh... <laughs> Well, I'm tired of the road. I'm tired of the way you smell, baby. Oh, God, I'm tired of the road. Yes, I'm tired of the way you smell, babe. My wife's in there cringing right now. When we get off the road, Lord, I want you to wash yourself. Because I'm tired of the way that you feed your face. And I'm tired of your clothes all over the place. I'm tired of the way that you sit and talk. Well, I'm tired of your games and your crying stuff. Well, I'm tired of the road. I'm tired of the way you smell, babe. So go take a shower, would you? <laughs> Is that inspired by people oh. with sweats? <laughs> I actually wrote that song in like 1988. Oh, and Lordy. I'm oh, wow. not going to give any more away than that because. My yeah, please. Son, we don't want to know. My son would be upset with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't go there. <laughs> okay. Well, again, thank y'all. It's been so much fun. And yeah. we'll talk to you. Bye, y'all. Thank you, thank you Thanks, Amber. Amber. Bye, you guys. Bye. Appreciate y'all.